Welcome to the Adventure Mechanics. I'm Chandler. I'm Devin. And I'm Tom. And today we'll be revisiting uh, Subnautica, because Yay! we couldn't say enough about it. No. Yes, it's a problem. Oh, yeah. It's so, I, yes, it's so I, good. I think we're fans, including, you know, the guy who played it for just the show, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Not naming any names. Yeah, that no guy. names. No names. <laughs> just that guy. Just that guy. So, yeah, when we left off last time, you wanted to talk about something specifically, right, Devin? I did. I did. And uh, I just would like to get your thoughts on this, because uh, I think about it a lot in terms of um, exploration and survival games. And I kind of got this idea from Folding Ideas. It's a a channel run by uh, Dan Olson, and uh, he did a video about colonialism in Minecraft and about how exploration survival games kind of have... Uh, the the mechanics and the basis and what you do in the game tends to align with colonial ideologies of conquering spaces and civilizing them and whatnot. And depending on the game, you can get as, you know, far in one direction or the other as, as you possibly can. And Subnautica is a um, exploration survival game. And it does have a building mechanic where you, you know, build a base and things and you go off and collect stuff and, and all the kind of things that you get in that sort of game. But it's sort of, you know, a bit narratively, but also mechanically seems to be pushing against that typical go out and conquer, you know, people the lands with people like you, push back nature. Like, it seems to be more of a, you know, you're you're there to survive narratively, so, you know, you need to do what you need to do to be able to do that. But it's more, it seems to push you in a way to align with nature more than go against it. But at the same time, when you leave at the end, you know, you leave all of your stuff behind. <laughs> And the Aurora crashed, of course, and a lot of other ships crashed and, you know, polluted this planet. And then, of course, you have the Precursors who came before and had their own sort of imperialist question mark. Yeah, their own, like, imperialist quote question mark agenda um, with setting up bases there and basically just rifling and pillaging nature to try and find a solution to their problem and leaving all their shit around after they're long gone as well, including the Sea Emperor Leviathan, who's just trapped for, like, upwards of a thousand years in this containment. Um, and, so nice of them. Yeah, there's there's a lot of a lot of ideas just floating around there, and uh, I I wanted to know what your guys' take on that was. Okay, well, uh, first of all, spoilers, damn. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, if you've gotten if you've gotten to part two of the Subnautica talking, I mean, you should know. <laughs> you got nobody to blame but yourself. Yeah. Uh, well, either part two or part two point five or whatever part whatever. three. <laughs> yeah, been... whatever we end up doing with this in the end. Yeah, we've been ranting about Subnautica for a while now. Yeah, I think the general consensus of the survival crafting genre is conquering the unknown and exploring the unknown to conquer said thing. And I could see a colonialist bent to it, especially the dude you referred to, because in his video essay, he does talk about how in minecraft he didn't he wanted to deal with the mechanics of the villagers 
but he didn't want to travel to the villagers because he already set up a uh, civilization of his own, so to speak. Yeah, and it was the way the world was seated, uh, when when it, the way the world spawned together and, and stuff that made it inconvenient for it to go to travel all the way to the village. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is common for a Minecraft uh, seed. But I think that Subnautica takes a very different bent on it because you are never intended to stay there and conquer. Yes, you can go around and fuck with the world and basically treat it like a sandbox but the narrative of the of the story isn't there to do that mm-hmm. more specifically True. it's there to make you want to leave mm-hmm. like kind of i will say as someone who progressed far enough through the game to get to the part where you're you're getting into the more scary stuff where um <laughs> <laughs> you're getting a little deeper and Things are getting a little bit more hectic. Um, I started kind of getting to the point where I was just uh, colonizing. I feel like it's a, it depends on how you play the game. Because for me, it was like, oh, God, I, I'm terrified of doing the things that I'm going to need to do in order to leave the planet. So instead, I would rather enjoy screwing around with the tech tree and trying to get all the cool, you know, toys unlocked and work on my base and maybe create a secondary base in another location which makes things more convenient and do all these other things and it kind of it's almost like part of human nature almost is a little bit of colonization and it's like our default so it's what we're comfortable in (laughs) yeah well i i would say that yes you explicitly did that because you were a scaredy cat you can say it yeah you want to do that and that's kind of your jam but you also specifically said i know what i have to do to get off this planet and i don't want to do that that was a conscious thought that you had not like in minecraft where oh let's just burn down this villager town because uh fire (laughs) right Which I'm not proud to say that walls. I've done, but I've done on multiple occasions. Indeed. So, yeah. I've been so there I, for a couple of those occasions. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. Yeah. It's fine. It's in a digital world, so you can kind of justify your morals for that. But in Subnautica, it wasn't... I guess the focus wasn't enough on the crafting unknown for me. Yeah. It was more specifically the, uh, for lack of a better uh, way to describe it, but the handmade world that was more compelling to me because, well, oh yeah, I've been playing crafting survival games long enough that it has to have some other strange attractor to be interesting to me anyway. Yeah, it's fair. But um, no, I think that's true. I guess it is kind of I don't know. It is kind of interesting that that there are so many games that are along that vein. For me, I think part of the fascinating part of it is is like there really is almost like this deep-seated, I don't know if it's genetic or what, but this part of human nature that wants to colonize. Otherwise, why would there be so many video games that are essentially just that? And, and I, I'm going to stop matter, you. I'm going to stop you right here, and I'm going mm-hmm. to I'm going to challenge that a little bit. Okay. By uh, well, yeah. challenging challenging your statement that it's human nature 
generalization because a lot of these games that have this sort of like colonizing mechanic they're specifically out of coming from cultures that have a very strong colonial imperialist history that's true that we take for granted for example going to obviously point the finger at the united states (laughs) that's a big one uh england uh, another big one (laughs) Uh, yeah, yeah. So you six out of one ninety two. You know, in a lot of Europe as well. I mean, like you know, the West, quote unquote, like that right. really strong. You know, we we're to the point where you know we take for granted we're presented a game where there's just a world and you can just go do whatever in it and. Yeah, I mean that's a colonial fantasy, right? Like, ah, oh, we you know we've arrived on the shores of a new world, and you know whoever was here before us, be damned, it's ours now. It's no flag, no country. You can't have one. That is yeah. true, right? So, uh, so I just want to challenge that statement just a little bit to think about you know the the culture that these things come out of. Like, even if you're not specifically thinking, "Haha, I'm making a colonialism simulator." Like, I'm not saying anyone's doing <laughs> right. that. No, I don't but, think any of them are. But you know, the culture. You know, there are these ideas that we have in our culture that we just kind. Of, they're just there, and we tend to not look into them and like why it's like that. Why do we think we can go into a game that's just an open world and think we can do whatever? Uh, and then how do we react when we're presented with people who were there before us? Like, you know, the villagers right. in Minecraft. Uh, or the Sea Emperor Leviathan in Subnautica. Uh, a, a sentient, sapient creature um, on this planet. Well, I don't think... I, I wouldn't say that... Like, I guess when I say it's kind of built in, I feel like it's almost kind of like... There is a part of... And this, maybe this is just my opinion, obviously. But, like, sure. there's, like, a part of the human mind that does sort of enjoy that idea of just going in and conquering some place. I mean, frankly, it's why the human race has become so insanely prolific on this planet and why we, we're like a freaking disease at this point. <laughs> so, um, and that's not to say that we can't overcome that, but I feel like a lot of these games take advantage of that part of our brain and I, I i would make the argument that that little part of our brain is in everyone and you can learn to overcome it and not be such a tremendous colonial dick but <laughs> steal all that toilet paper i'm kidding but right <laughs> but, like, but like you know video games in many ways are here to kind of like allow us to play out our fantasies even our darker fantasies in you know in a safe place where it's kind of okay i mean it's like the whole premise mm-hmm. of like grand theft auto you know it's mm-hmm. like ah, yeah. i'm gonna go bang a hooker and kill her afterwards like horrible 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 shit but like totally good normal people participate in that game all the time which is funny because that game is just oof yeah oof so problematic but also i love it so i can't say too much <laughs> right <laughs> yeah but I mean, I think that this is like that only the col- like for the colonial part of our brain where it's and and Subnautica is I think actually it's actually kind of a beautiful like dichotomy of it where it's like it allows you to kind of take that part of your brain and enjoy it where you like come into this new planet and you're exploring and you're checking out all these cool things and you're building things and you're kind of conquering your environment in a way because you're using your environment to survive and for resources and all of this stuff. But at the same time, it kind of takes in this more conscious side of it where it's like, 
hey, I know you're having fun doing the whole colonialism thing, but like, by the way, there's this environment here and it's not yours and you're actually kind of having some negative effects on it. And it like brings that to the forefront where I think a lot of the other games, Minecraft, for instance, is like, hey, there's some really dumb villagers. You can just like do whatever you want with those. And Abduct this whole world is here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this whole world world is just your playground. Do whatever you want. There's no consequences. The Even the yeah. sun and moon revolve around that planet in Minecraft. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's yeah. Just had to point that out. <laughs> You're totally right. I feel like Subnautica is like hijacking that, where it's like, hey, you think that's what this is, but actually, we're going to get in here and mess with your head a little bit and make you think about this side of you and what you're doing and, you know, look at your impact on the environment. And that's kind of cool. It's like a subtle... It's a subtle way of, like, bringing that, uh, that topic up, which I think is cool. Yeah, and so. on top of that, it also fucks with you right because like yeah at least in my playthrough it was oh you're hiding from that reaper leviathan oh what a shame that we put this uh terrifying cutscene in front of you at the same time <laughs> oh we're just oh, gonna thanks, have this horrifying game. ghost thing come in and make you think that you've been found yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah who am i i'm just somebody trying to hide from that thing trying to eat me go right. away <laughs> Oh, throws man. mouse across the room <laughs> yeah. no literally is, i had yeah. to like pause it and like just take a breath and be like that was the worst timing for that cutscene," and then get, move on with my life yeah. <laughs> but i do but, think that the game is i think you're i think you're totally onto something with that Devin, in the regard that like it does have a colonial aspect but it it like turns it on its head which is kind of what the whole game it's like mm -hmm. sub subversive a little bit yeah my yeah. take so. on it is um I don't know, like, I, well, I don't want to necessarily get into the philosophy of this because I haven't, like, read enough lately to be able to answer it about, you know, kind of, like, what's in human nature. And I don't necessarily, sure. I, I don't know, I'm kind of maybe an optimist that I want to say that maybe the, the drive to conquer isn't maybe necessarily the base of, a, of, of, of human nature. Like, it's, it's something that obviously... You know, humanity generally has a very warlike history, so it's definitely there, but I think oh, yeah. the base of it is more exploration. Seeing what's be. unknown, like, that's that's kind of how I, like, maybe my perhaps too romantic view of human history. I'm, not, I'm talking, like, way back, like, you know, way, way back, like, you know, humanity as we know it, it's starting, mm -hmm. you know, kind of in Africa and then moving outwards and exploring and finding new places to settle and, you know, make, you know, make lives and stuff. And, and I think that's kind of like the biggest driving force in the sort of exploration survival games. And where kind of, this is my like literary analysis, I guess, of Subnautica is that it is, it's taking that, here's the exploration, go find new things and that drive to do that. And of course it adds this survival um, mechanic on top of it to suit the narrative that you're stranded on an alien planet. Like you're, you will die if you do not find a way to survive on this planet. Right. And it presents you with this, with these, with this other story, like on, you know, you're surviving and your idea is to get home or not. I mean, depending on how you feel, but, but it's presenting this other narrative with the precursors that they came here to study this 
you know, bacterium that they'd brought from somewhere else that was spreading across their empire, and it got out, and it completely, you know, wrecked the ecology of the planet, and they were stealing, I mean, ultimately stealing the children of sentient sapient creatures on this planet, were either unaware that they were sentient sapient, or were willfully ignoring the fact that they were sentient sapient, um, you know, in their project. So, and so you're kind of presented with this, like, other side of the narrative that other, other beings had come here, and, and they were maybe not going to be here permanently, but they were doing this thing and, you know, kind of, it just has that friction against like the come and conquer and settle because you're seeing what conquerors came and did. And mm. then you are, you know, kind of not necessarily undoing their mistakes, but you are able to well, do what they couldn't, or at least you're in, in a space where you would be willing to do what they couldn't, which is communicate with this other alien being and then help her out in a way that can also help the planet out. So, but then, of course, helps you out to leave. So I think that's actually an interesting point on this with the um, Sea Emperor Leviathan, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. She does mention that she couldn't communicate with it or with the precursors at she one says point? she says that she tried but they did not hear her that's her yeah. dialogue and there's yeah. a hint in one of the precursor bases that supposes that the precursors were speaking either half telepathically or they had a telepathic element to their language uh, the way they communicated which is interesting because the sea emperor leviathan had that as well Yep. Which is why I say either the precursors, for whatever reason, didn't receive her signal, they actually could not understand her, or they willfully were ignoring her, that she was lesser, that she was not worth listening to. Well, so yeah. I believe that the Sea uh, Emperor Leviathan actually could communicate with them, but she chose not to because they were being colonialist about it uh for lack of a better theming with this uh I, because i don't know she, that the text bears that out but go ahead i'll look like it up. Yeah, the yeah. dialogue does hint at that fairly strongly because in one conversation uh or one dialogue dump that the sea emperor has um she says they um, she couldn't communicate with them. But then like afterwards she says, I refuse to give them what they wanted. And well, uh, yeah, I think she, she, she knew what they wanted. No, she just wouldn't give it. Well, I'm, I'm going to find that dialogue because uh, I know what part you're talking about, but I want to find that specifically. Maybe the wiki. Yeah, Cause I think she was just talking about the, what do you call it? Whatever the, 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 the solution, the cure, she knew about it, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but like they were able to communicate my... with her. They okay. couldn't hear. Okay. Here's what she says. She says da, 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 um so here's the full dialogue for this section. So she sa she says when you show up she says, "Are you here to play? Others came here once. They built these walls. They played alone. They bored me. Now they're gone and instead we have you. We are curious whether you swim with the current or fight against it as they did." My young want yeah. to hatch, to play outside this place. We have been here so long. The others built a passage to reach the world outside. I asked them for this freedom, but they could not hear me. 
If you help us, I will give you freely what the others tried in vain to take. So in the way I personally interpreted that was at first she was not able to fully communicate with them, but she got the gist of what they wanted and she Mm -hmm. actively refused because they quote, uh, swam against the current, whatever that means in her context. I think that's a reference to like colonialism sort of thing. I think you might be onto something with that. Yeah. And the way that it came across to me anyway was, Oh, you couldn't talk to him at first. You got bored with him. And then when they, when you finally got to a line of communication, you didn't want to help them because they were being giant douche canoes. That's fine. (laughs) I disagree with half of that. I, I think that they willfully didn't hear her. That's my, that's my read on. That's my interpretation on this dialogue is that she tried to communicate with them and then they weren't hearing her. And my interpretation of that and what we know of the precursors is they didn't want to hear her. They wanted to take what they wanted. They didn't want to work with her either out of desperation because their race was dying or just because of their mentality as being better than others, other creatures being a higher order of being. So I definitely like the, I will give you freely what the others tried in vain to take. Like she didn't help them out, but I mean, they also weren't listening. They didn't want to listen is my interpretation on that. I think they left it intentionally vague to make it. Oh yeah. You like, know, more interesting. I think you, either one of you could be right. Definitely. And this is the fun of literary analysis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, talking about it. <laughs> so I kind of see what where you're coming from on that one, but mm-hmm. I guess that my interpretation of it was more so, okay, they tried communicating before they captured her and put her in the tank. And once she was stuck in the tank, she's like, no, I'm just not going to talk to you guys anymore. Even if they were still trying to communicate at that point, like for whatever reason. And maybe there's some Mm -hmm. more information about that, that you can find in the artifacts strewn around the lab, the secret lab. But Mm -hmm. honestly, I didn't go through most of those uh, artifact analyses for my playthrough, but if they're there, that would be an interesting little addition to it because the Mm. precursors don't really come across as strictly colonialists because they do have the artifacts from earth in their collection and if they were true colonialists i mean these dumb apes have this resource rich planet why don't we take it from them and maybe the concept of the Kara virus kind of just killed everything and made them force them into a colonialist mindset, but they weren't necessarily colonialists. They were more so tourists, at least when they came to first contact with humanity. Well, and that's why I kind of was drawing a distinction with them as like being imperialists. They are, they, they're, um, when they talk about the, uh, the Kara virus, uh, the Kara virus going to the other core worlds, like they have a vast empire, clearly. Um, and if they, I mean, and it seems kind of weird that they would be one race that originated on bunches of different worlds. So they were settling other worlds just because they didn't settle on earth or they were more tourist-like where they came and took artifacts or experimented or, you know, took people away. We don't know that they didn't do that. 
it's not, I don't think that that means that they're not colonialist, imperialist kind of race. I could agree with you to a certain extent on that one, but just the way they have the artifacts on display is almost as a intentionally way to muddy the waters. Yeah, and but also think about England. Think about the, the British Empire when they went to other places and they brought back artifacts from Africa and India and displayed them in their museums. Whole, oh, yeah. whole piles of wood-corded corpses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about mummies. <laughs> For those you yep. don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's a... That's kind of... That, that was my read <clears throat> on their museum with their artifacts, is that they had gone to these places and whether or not they had stayed there, they were taking things away and then displaying them with pride. Like, they may have considered Earth one of their planets, even though they hadn't set up a colony there. Oh, Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's just that's just me kind of guessing and reading off of what we have. Uh, that's you know just another kind of analysis headcanon thing. But, no, but I can see where you're coming with that. But that was my read on their artifacts. Besides being kind of a cool, oh, the precursors went to Earth. They knew about humanity because they have a Mongolian sword. Uh, which brings up another question that we can touch on later: Why Mongolians? Yeah, yeah, I was wondering about that myself. Because it was Mongolian artifacts, the, D- the Degasi was a Mongolian ship, uh, the word Kara for the Kara ba- uh, bacterium is a Mongolian word. Oh. Huh. You know what that really means? It means the person who was doing the um, story and lore had a real hard-on for the Mongolian... Uh, <laughs> thing i mean very very probably but i just i just wonder about that like why mongolia i mean that's an interesting an interesting choice to make it is so just to circle back on um sure the museum concept if you were making a museum why would you put it in a research facility when you have all (laughs) of these other facilities around this crater to say nothing of the rest of the world why would you put your art of your sacred artifacts to present into a faci- into a research facility? Well, That's maybe really you were simple. living there. Maybe when you left your home world, you brought all your cool shit with you, and you just had to put it somewhere. Maybe you just really. I want mean, to why do people bring anything? <laughs> and you just want them to know how cool you are. Yeah, Dude, look I at mean, this sword. It's like the I mean, most awesome sword. It's the coolest <laughs> sword. I mean, granted, like you know, there is like a level of like you know that Ludo narrative thing where it's like, oh, clearly this is just a you know we can't really like this doesn't make a lot of sense. This is clearly just here for the player's for benefit. Us. Like, yeah. why would this be? I can come up with reasons, but you know. Are they good reasons? I don't know. They're reasons. I mean, uh, well, to be fair, yeah, if we're asking the same question, then we got to ask ourselves, why in the hell were all the rooms so enormous and basically empty? <laughs> yeah. That's because just... the Mongolian steps were big and empty as well. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was that was kind of a dig on the Mongolian theming. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I mean that is perfectly valid. Like, yeah, who knows? But the, yeah, the precursors aren't much larger than a human human being from the way they set up everything. Right. I mean, yeah, they clearly it's all built around human proportions, so they're they're probably kind yeah. of vaguely humanoid. They, they yeah, they may have been rather tall, but otherwise, you know, yeah, right. Like, even then, they were at most 10 feet tall if you go off of any of their opening doorways. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. But and they, even then, you know, they might build their things huge because of, you know, cultural cultural ideas of, um, you know, superiority and grandeur and stuff. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Yeah, they might drive big trucks, too. <laughs> Rolling coal! Uh, <laughs> uh, look at my big truck and look at my really cool sward from this other planet i've been to i, am I went so to this cool. planet there were very strange creatures there they were like evolved from monkeys and they made swords isn't it interesting it's got a horse on the end you know what a horse is no i didn't think so you've never been to earth oh, <laughs> man the hipsters of the fucking precursors had to be unbearable oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> no sorry kidding. that that's uh wholly inappropriate <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, it is an g- interesting way to view the precursors in terms of how or why they would do something. Because mm-hmm. if, if you're really desperate for finding a solution to this bacterial infection thing, yeah, why would you spend so much time and effort building something so large and grandiose? Let alone multiples yeah. of them. Well, maybe though, because you have your little builder tool and it only takes like a couple seconds to build something if you have the materials for it. Maybe yeah, they had a true. similar technology. So it really wasn't an effort and time thing. They just went, and I have willed it into being, and here it is. Yeah, that's true. If you have resources like that, it kind of doesn't really matter. I mean, because they can put their consciousnesses, like they can like download their consciousnesses and save them. Like, that's a thing that precursors can do. So they had kind of this weird telepathic thing and, like, all of, like, the the floaty elevator stuff and the force field doors and mm-hmm. all of this other stuff that they could do. It, it, it seems really weird that they wouldn't be able to use something similar to your little base builder tool. What is that? The habitat builder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the building no, gun. Right. <laughs> the building gun. Yeah, this gun doesn't kill. It builds things. <laughs> Oh, Behold, the... I point it, and now there's a pot. I can plant a plant in it. <laughs> that is the most American thing to ever American. Uh, yeah. Boy, that sure would be cool, though. Just be like, I want a new car. Zap. I... I... All right, yep. I'm going to take it to work now. <laughs> I mean, yep. okay, so playing devil's advocate here, the sure. closest analog in real life that we have is 3D printing, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Or the closest analog that's a fad or a trend and even in the world of 3d printing most of the applications that you see that aren't research projects like building an entire house in 48 hours out of concrete laid layer by layer it's mostly for a production sort of thing and yeah production can happen in this world we see it even in the precursors own areas where they build the ion cubes right because there is uh, a warpers, ion, yeah. yeah the ion fabricators and who knows maybe all these large open rooms are necessary for collecting something in them but we don't know that because there's no evidence of that one way or another but even if you did have the ability to just point it point the proverbial gun at something and make a pot if you're in a mindset of oh shit like 
half the pop half of my uh species population is dying but i really think i should spend like the extra 20 minutes to build this thing really grandiose and get it just right okay Oh, this is a good segue to to the other thing I want to talk about, which is Carabacteria anyway, but this is a perfect segue, and I'll tell you why. Because you're assuming that these are reasonable, rational, logical beings. That's true. And as we can see today, which... Those don't exist. At the time of recording, uh, we have this whole coronavirus uh, epidemic, pandemic going on. And we see a lot of people just, you know, being Nero, let's just watch the world burn. So you're making an assumption about the precursors that even though, you know, half of their civilization is being wiped out by a pandemic, what's bigger than what's bigger than a pandemic? Do we have a word for that that would span galaxies? Uh... A, a really, really pan-pandemic. Um, <laughs> You're, you're, you're assuming that they would suddenly change, like, they would suddenly, like, all, like, as a group, like, not just meaning individuals, that, that a lot of these uh, beings would suddenly be like, okay, we've got to be super efficient and stuff. But, when yeah. that's not, it's clearly not their cultural f- idiom but, to be, like, small, uh, you know, build compact, be efficient, you know, they're still like creating these huge things as we see in the game. So you're kind of making an assumption about how they would react to this that, um, well, I'm, I, I don't think that that's bared up even if you compare it with like real life. Like, you know, it's like, well, we need to, we need to do a thing. And sure, some, some places are going to be like, yeah, okay, let's just throw some walls together, put a roof on it, and let's just go. And start working where others are going to be like, nah, we're like the coolest man. Like (laughs) we still want to build things that look like our best stuff for whatever reason. I, I have an interesting, um, thought on this, you know, all the little pieces from other worlds that you come across. Mm -hmm. What if that is a reminder to them about the stakes of solving this problem? Hmm. That's an interesting idea. That is an interesting idea. Uh, I, like I want to get back to that, but I do want to push back on uh, your assertion that there's the assumption of building compact. Um, this wouldn't be like all of America watching the world burn. This would be like the CDC watching the world burn. <laughs> because it's not... This planet wasn't a anything more than a research station. At least from the few logs that I read, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even, like, if we take it to a real-world analog of, like, the best we have is putting a research station on Antarctica. That would be a rough dialogue, right? Or analog, rather. Yeah. We don't necessarily put the people on our research stations that are like, yeah, let's just, yeah, fuck it, let's watch the world burn. We're here to investigate this, but fuck it we got time right we don't necessarily do that and well them being a species that can span planets they probably would at the very least have that consideration in mind i don't know that they would especially if they were a long-lived species yeah that's true like i mean we we work on in in like you know chunks of like a hundred years you know that's like a lifespan for a human person um so 
humans are we're kind of like okay we need to we need to get on this right now and, and do things really quickly and so we tend to look at time you know time in chunks relative to what's slow or quick for the way that we 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 kind of are but um i feel like there was something in here that kind of implied uh in subnautica that that implied that the precursors were a longer lived race and that they might see time differently and that so their sense of urgency wouldn't match up with ours you can kind of see that in the fact that like all of our structures are just completely falling apart when you come across them as they're abandoned mm-hmm. where the precursor cult uh structures are like untouched yeah they were built to last apparently also i'm trying yeah. to remember do either of you recall um i know that there's some vague hints at the timeline that around a thousand years ago that's when the caravirus the caravirus was discovered and they you know and it started to spread but i f- i can't i can't recall but i feel like there was some sort of like vague timeline thing and that it took like 200 years before you know things got really bad and the 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 facilities like on on this planet on um uh whatever um 45466b that i'm trying to remember where where which 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 log that's in uh, or where that's implied. I feel like that was implied that it was like around 200 years before things got super bad and then things hmm. went to pot. So from what little I remember, a thousand years ago, they did get the Caravirus and then in their desperation, they made it to planet 4546B and set up a research station there to research it. And then they brought the virus to that planet for research purposes. Yeah. In terms of timelines of how long before it became a big deal, uh, I don't really remember that off the top of my head. I don't recall, and I'm not going to be able to find it, but I I feel like I remember, like, hints at, at a timeline in in some of the logs that kind of indicates, like, when how long like and that that it had been a long time that they'd been working on finding a cure for this and that things didn't reach the super crisis point until you know much later you know um as opposed to like you know today where you could reach a huge crisis point really really quickly Um, yeah like uh, a matter of a few months (coughs) (coughs) right yeah (laughs) um so from what little that i see from it the only real implication that they have is this became a huge deal um over time i think it was a much more condensed timeline because they say in one of their uh articles that they've uh, your PDA magically translates. Got some thoughts on that. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it just casually says 143 billion individuals over the course of the time since its discovery. And they don't really say much yeah. beyond that. And yeah. then they also, when you look at the Caro virus, it's like, oh yeah, the gestation time from infection to death is within two weeks. So if you like did the numbers on that, that means 143 billion people could die very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. So I have a question. Do either of you guys know if you ignore the virus as you're becoming infected? Does it? There are there ever consequences, or does it just kind of hover? It hovers. It's a game. So it. it I mean, hovers. that's fair. You'll never technically die from the Caro virus. I'm glad, <laughs> but also. <laughs> almost a shame it would have put a serious sense of urgency on it but i 
feel like that would be counter to what the point of the game was, though, which was the yeah. thrill of exploring the unknown and the mm-hmm. hazards of it, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. If you I had kind of, yeah. If you had a fire under your ass, you would be like, okay, well, that's fascinating, but I ain't got time for that. I got to find this cure, which yeah, would be an and it's, interesting tension. But it, it does kind of give you that, like, you know, it does kind of still give you a sense of urgency, though, because if you're scanning yourself, like, after you've become infected, you know, it, it'll, you know, give you little updates about, like, it's really bad. It's and so right. if you're, if worse, you're feeling guys. immersed in the story, you're going to be like, oh, God, like, when am I going to die? Or, like, especially when you're, like, you know, getting the PDAs from the Degasi crew and stuff and seeing, like, what they came across. And then, like, you know, clearly they were all infected and they felt really stressed out about this. You know, you see, like, you start seeing more and more creatures that are infected. And it's like, oh, God, what's this happening? You learn from one of your one of your PDA scan things is you learn that like, uh, like all of the life on the, on this planet, it, it like, there, it's like a lot of, it's like diversity, but it all comes from like a, like very narrow range of, of ancestor species, which implies that there was a huge die off. Yeah. Like you a know? mass extinction event. Yeah. It was like a mass extinction, like in like quote recent history, which as far as, you know, like geological <laughs> time and like biological time, it's recent history. About uh, a thousand years ago. Eh, plus or minus. Yeah, I mean, that's really, that's really not that long ago, you know, as far as that sort of thing is concerned. And so you're just like, wait, what? So you start to feel like it's it's kind of like the, the, you know, the radiation leak from the Aurora as well, where it's just like, oh, by the way, this yeah, if it keeps everything. leaking, it's going to literally, like, have devastating consequences on the ecology of this planet. And you're just like, oh, no. So I think, okay. like, even though there really is no you know, real consequence to just doing whatever and letting Kara take its course. Um, it still kind of makes that narrative tension yeah. of you're sick and you are going to die. Everything that you're finding says that you're going to die. The precursors did not survive this. Yeah. Right. Possibly due to their arrogance, but you know, they didn't survive it. <laughs> yeah. But they also, I think that was enough for this particular game. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah. if you pushed it, so there was a mechanical, like trigger for you to actually physically die if you didn't Mm -hmm. get it within a certain amount of time that would make it a very Mm -hmm. very different game and i'm pretty sure they didn't want to go there no because that's a yeah they didn't want to rush you that's a much more stressful game it would definitely make for an interesting game mode (laughs) wouldn't even be that hard to implement yeah well uh, yeah let's see what the mod community has to come up with uh just giant fucking Giant Monsters. fucking creatures, <laughs> just really big peepers, the biggest peepers you've ever seen. <laughs> Look oh, at really? those peepers! Yeah. Look at them peepers. That's it. Oh, there's more, but that's. Well, I mean, there's that's more, the but that's one, one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we but, yeah. really in the weeds with that one. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good talk, guys. Just good talk. Just saying, I, I'm enjoying this. This is so much fun for me. I never get to talk about <laughs> shit like this. It's awesome. <laughs> Like, yes, yes, let us discuss. Let us argue our points. It is amazing. Um, so, <laughs> I'm going to move us along a little bit. So, the Kara bacteria. Bacterium. Yeah. How do you feel about this plot line in today's world? 
Uh, I was actually going to bring this up if you didn't, so I'm okay. so glad you did. I'm like, is it is is Subnautica about to have a resurgence? Because like, holy cow, it was relevant then, but in like a hypothetical sort of thing. But now it's like, oh hi. Um, this is starting to feel a little personal. Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah. Feel. Uh, <laughs> okay, so do you want to talk about it first, Tom? Because I got some. I got a rather longish rant about it. Oh, I I mostly just think it's really interesting that we just by sheer chance decided to do this game at almost exactly the same time that <laughs> coronavirus was beginning. Like, yeah, not on purpose at all. But yep. uh, when we first started playing this game, which is long before the recording, which is long before any of this stuff is going to come out. Coronavirus was a thing, but like not even in the news yet. Yeah, it was. Yeah, something new it was, was happening. And that's yeah, all right. We know. It was a few isolated cases in China at the time. It, it was not major yet. news. It wasn't major yeah. news. No one was talking about it really, and and yeah, as we've been doing this, that's become more and more and more relevant. And we, I thought it was interesting. I was just kind of like, hmm. <laughs> interesting timing to choose this game. Uh, Next, we're going to have to do... What is that game? Uh, pandemic, where you design a... I think it's Pandemic. Oh, that's hit a huge you design like a virus? Because of oh, that. yeah. Yeah, Pandemic's yeah. huge right now. It's Yeah, I love that game. It's hilarious. Um, that, that, that we really, as a, as a society, are like, okay, you know what? This isn't bearable, but what if I was playing as the virus? Could yeah, I what if I work? was the winner? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. It's true, though. Oh, gosh, yeah. That's a, that's an incredibly funny way to cope with it. But I definitely want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, so I'm going to kind of first cop out and say that as a motivator for the player, it is actually incredibly weak, simply because mm. there are no mechanical side effects. You don't get hungry faster you don't get thirsty faster. You don't run out of air faster. The further into the v- infection you get, there's nothing mechanical there. It's strictly there for flavor. And don't get me wrong. True. Like any good food dish, food dish, great. Like any good dish, seasoning is what makes or breaks it. And for Subnautica, the Kara virus is a very well done seasoning for the main course, which is the exploration cycle, right? It's not even a conquering Mm -hmm. cycle. It's an exploration cycle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Exploration. Mm -hmm. But in terms of like the bacterium being a player motivator for me, I found it incredibly weak. I didn't even really register that I had it until like, I was like, Oh, I can turn this thing off. And I was like, Nope. I'm going to stab you and say no. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> this is where I'm going now. I gotcha. So, I mean, it was, for me, it was there, but it wasn't a main driver, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. Yeah. I, um... I think, yeah, I think that's a fair analysis, for like, especially from a mechanic standpoint, because, yeah, it doesn't really have any bearing mechanically on the game. It's just sort of there. It, it's more a story thing than a. Game it is. Thing? Yeah. I do think it would be kind of cool if they had a little more of an impact. I kind of like that it isn't super intrusive, but it would be kind of fun to have like, I don't know, 
some more stuff like maybe your person occasionally coughs and hacks yeah. something well, maybe up it's or something. A, uh, maybe it's like a, a game maybe like a game mode where you know your typical game your typical survival game it doesn't do anything but maybe there's a game mode where there is infection mechanics where you know maybe uh, I I don't besides like the green lesions it it doesn't seem to be respiratory but if it were respiratory you know affecting your respiratory system uh, maybe like you know you're diving and then all of a sudden your character starts coughing and your 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 air goes away really quickly and then you're like having to swim against coughing because you're gonna die if you don't get where there's air. <laughs> You know that I mean? would be scary. Oh like, my god! Wouldn't that be terrifying? And like, it just it gets it, like it starts out like small, but then it gets increasingly worse on like some kind of timer. I don't know, but I'm just spitballing. But like, that could be an interesting like adding that pressure. Uh, I don't think that the game. I think it would just make the game too different if you had mechanics for that. Uh, so, as it is. Yeah, you'd have to add it as an extra mode for people yeah. that have played through the game and want to play it again, but with a little extra Yeah, but with, challenge. like, an extra challenge. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think that would actually actively make the game worse. Um, simply because <laughs> of the... Kind of the core of the game is going into caves and whatnot and finding yeah. what is exciting about this but also keeping an eye on your air supply and as soon yeah. as you start fucking with the air supply levels either mm -hmm. good or bad mm -hmm. unintentionally mm -hmm. brain uh coral blowing yeah. air out you, you don't really realize that until you accidentally hit one of those bubbles that's a change for the mildly positive right it allows you to stay under yeah. longer but mm -hmm. if your character started like a mad hack coughing fit and your air went from like oh i have two minutes of air left i can get out in about 45 seconds i'm good mm -hmm. and then you just had this coughing fit and it's like oh you have 45 seconds left and you have mm -hmm. another coughing fit coming up mm -hmm. you just know it's going to happen like that would mm -hmm. make it actively stressful and kind of discourage the thrill of the unknown but yeah, as an be. additional mechanic, or as an additional like hard mode, quote unquote, that would actually kind of be interesting. Yeah, and that's yeah. kind of what I meant. Is is yeah. I don't think it would work at all in the game as it is. Like I would not like no. it. I would not play it. But as an extra mode, like to either try out or to give people who are like really experienced with it one an extra challenge, I think that could be interesting if you did it the right way. Cause I think it would need some balancing. Cause like you said, if you're in a huge cave system and then all of a sudden you have this massive hacking cough and you can't get out like that, you know, it's like, you'd, I think you'd have to balance it where it would feel like that was fair. Oh yeah. I, Game -wise. I suffocate like, myself I mean, obviously... as it is without that. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like as someone who co consistently forgets how much oxygen there is until it's like 30 seconds remaining. And I'm like, Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but <laughs> oh, I, no. uh, I don't even know where I am anymore. Oh no, this isn't going to be good. <laughs> well, oh, I'm no, going to have to find terrible. this pile of stuff later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize until watching the speed run that you could build multiple tanks to switch out. Wait, what? Yeah, as, you as totally you can exploring. do that. Yeah, I didn't what? realize you could do that until I watched the speedrun of Subnautica, and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> so many deaths that could have I... been avoided. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. I've played this game for years. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? That is Surprise. hilarious. Yeah. Oh, that upsets me. It's pretty Oh, great. so many freaking, like, times that I was lost. 
and panicking because I didn't have enough friggin' oxygen. Yep. And then I'd go, I'd finally, I'd like barely, 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 barely make it back to my submersible at like mm-hmm. literally lights going out levels. I know, of you're like, like blacking close. out as you fall into your seam off. <laughs> and I get it, I'm like, oh my god. And then I'm like, I have to do it again and I'm just going to get lost again. <laughs> I'll get like five feet deeper in and then I'll be like, oh shit, I'm out of air. That would have been so useful. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a thing. I feel so stupid. I never did it because I it's ended so up building obvious. The... Yeah, I never did it just because I found the sea moth before I really felt the need to. But yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I I totally still killed myself a lot with a sea moth. Um, so if you mean getting run over by a sea moth, yeah, I'm right there with you. I... Oh no, I suffocated a lot. <laughs> That's fair because you still go into like wrecks and stuff, and then get twisted around, and then you're like, well, I know the sea moth is like probably twenty feet from me right now, but. I have no idea how to cross that 20 feet, so I'm still dead. Yep. <laughs> yep. I actually didn't suffocate more than, like, twice. And one of them was because of, one of the leviathans destroyed my sea moth in the Lost River. Oh, no! <laughs> yeah. That was a oh. very sad death. Oh, no. Because you couldn't That's just swim like... to the surface fast enough, I'm assuming. Yeah, I was, like... S- Almost to the uh, lava lakes, and I was like, or oh boy. the inactive volcano area. And I was like, huh, well, uh, hopefully this extra large tank I have helps. Yeah, I got halfway nope. through the river before dying. Oh, oh no. Yeah, that was, a, that was a bad time. Yeah, that's that's one of those that's just, okay, oh, can I can I give my thought? Because that just sure. is really perfect. perfect. Mm, You're no. just really good for segues today, Chandler. Hey, so, I'm good for something. I'm oh, not going to wreck so myself so, this time. <laughs> so one reason I wanted to talk about the Kara bacteria is because I think that narratively, the Kara bacteria adds a really interesting dimension of what I will call cosmic horror of, mm-hmm. you know, and typically, you know, cosmic horror is sort of like, you know, the, the unknown things that you cannot fathom and knowing the truth about that, and then, like, how very utterly insignificant you are, and you're just gonna die and nothing cares. Like, you know, right? Like, yeah. The, the, yeah. the vast, the vast, you know, indifference of the universe, right? And so, yeah. the Kara bacteria, at least narratively, I feel, has this really interesting kind of cosmic horror effect. Um, at least it did for me. I don't know. Maybe other people had this happen. But the first time I played this game... And after, you know, the sunbeam got exploded and I realized I was infected with the, you know, with the, the stuff. And, like, it's this whole thing. And you start seeing infected creatures and stuff. And um, I happened to be, at the time, a little stuck. I wasn't sure what I was supposed to be doing and where to go and what I needed to build next. Um, mm-hmm. Because I hadn't found some of the bits and bobs, like the laser cutter and thing, to make things easy. I had no idea what to do. And I was sitting in my seamoth going... I don't really know what to do. I don't know where to go. And I'm infected with this disease. I just feel like and it was just this crushing sense of just, I can't do anything. And the Degasi people all died and possibly Bart died because of the Kara. Like he made it to the surface, but he wasn't going to survive anyway. And the precursors couldn't do anything about this. And well, it's a big quarantine zone. And so I just turned my Seamoth in a direction and just drove. <laughs> and drove and drove and drove until the uh, the big ghost leviathans spawned, 
and started oh, attacking my Seamoth, and I just kept going, and I died an ignoble death. And <laughs> it was kind of a weird moment, because, you know, it, it does the little you died sound, little sound cue. And I was like, I think I just had a slight mental breakdown <laughs> in character. <laughs> Like, uh, that I just didn't know what to do, and just, like, how it was like, how do you fight against a bacteria that's, you know, because at that point in the story, you don't really know anything about it, you know that there were, the precursors were here, they clearly had this planet on lockdown, they're shooting anything that comes and goes, you know, and, and it's just like, what do you do? Like, I, I don't know what to do, there's nothing I can do. And it was just this, this sense of, like, this crushing despair of, I can't fathom this thing. It's terrible. And I, it was just kind of this cosmic horror moment of, I you know, there's nothing I can do. It's just terrible. And I just, you know, I'm just going to drive into the into the ghost leviathans and die. Uh, that's actually kind of a is. fascinating response to that. Because I, th- I feel like that's what the intent of Radiation was in the original Fallout series. Yeah. Because there's no cure for radiation. You're just, mm-hmm. you're a dead person walking. It depends. Yep. The only thing that you have now is you're either going to make your goal or you're going to die before you make it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of interesting that you had a similar experience in Subnautica because of this bacterium. Yeah. And actually, I've got to say, I had the same experience. I don't know if, I don't think I drove... The, you didn't the, drive to your death. <laughs> I did. I don't think so. I did do that and get killed by the the ghost leviathans, but I can't remember if that coincided with uh, um, the cosmic experience. Horror. But yeah. but I did have that moment where I was kind of like, okay, there's these incredible beings that have like created all these amazing structures that even the insanely advanced society that I am clearly a part of can't fathom because. Yeah. it wiped it out this huge ship in a single shot like mm-hmm. and they've been here for a thousand years and their buildings look completely untouched yep and i'm like they couldn't figure this out and i'm just one dude who is like a maintenance tech on this <laughs> big ass ship yep apparently we're is stranded and <laughs> okay oh yeah and and i'm like barely surviving just in general and now i have to solve this huge problem and yeah i was kind of like what the fuck chance do i have and so i was just i think my reaction to that was just kind of like well fuck it i'm just gonna make myself a pretty little habitat and live until i die (laughs) live until you die (laughs) yeah 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 yeah, and it's like it's like that, and especially when you consider like the other survivors, like you get the messages from, oh, here's where we're located. Come, you know, come find us, and you're like, okay, yeah. I'll go help you. And you get there, and they're gone. Like everybody's dead. Like the planet, everyone, everyone. Like the creatures killed them. You know, they drowned. They got exploded by doing stupid things with flares in the fuel line. That's um, fun time with <laughs> flares. I'll have you. Know. Yes. Oh yes, my mistake. <laughs> you know, and and it's just like and it's like that's just, uh, it's just like this whole like oh no kind of thing. And then like Chandler, your experience with oops, sea moth is destroyed. Can I make it to air? And there's just no way. Yeah, like the game there's no way. You know really you're going to die, and like just yeah. that that you're you're down this far, and there's no way you're just gonna you're not gonna make it. You're done. Yeah, like the the, the, the ghost the, leviathan defeated you. Like, yeah, and it you know, didn't even have you to made it this me. far. You know, this game does such a good job of I, like 
I, I don't play a lot of horror games or anything, but honestly, mm-hmm. most of the reason I don't is because they're kind of boring to me. It's just kind of like, oh, jump scare, you know, move on. Mm-hmm. This game is such a light and fluffy looking game. Like, it's so beautiful and colorful and all of that. But I have never played a game that did such a good job of making you feel completely hopeless. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's like the the depths are dark and terrible and you just feel horrible about everything. <laughs> you're you're in this like essentially a paradise, a beautiful garden, and you're like Life is meaningless. This this, this, like existential nihilism creeping over. Yeah. Oh my god. Like what an. That's hilarious. This is what makes this game so great. Like, (laughs) how could anyone do that again? You know, like it's just perfect. I don't know. That's that's actually a funny worldview on that because like (laughs) even when I was like, oh well, I'm dead on because I got wrecked by uh, this stupid leviathan in the middle of this stupid cave i'm just gonna leave my body here to grab later that's my motivation for it it wasn't like well shit's fucked uh (laughs) i guess i just go die in the corner now like (laughs) and the, the really funny part is uh upon like exploring the lost uh river further i was literally like maybe 30 seconds away from an air pocket oh um, yeah because those, those those uh precursor teleporter rooms if you remember those yeah, mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i was 30 seconds away from one of those oh well yeah another chuck up another useless death for chandler <laughs> yeah but Aww. also, you know, it's the uh, it kind of goes along with like the the hopelessness of life. Sometimes it's like, yeah. well, almost doesn't cut it. Yeah. The, the, the worst part is <laughs> if I wasn't futzing around trying to find a good spot to like have my body explode into uh, pieces that I can yeah. pick up later, I would have had enough air to get there. But I didn't know it was there <laughs> because I didn't explore that section. So I was like, oh, oh no. well, lessons were learned there. As soon as I popped out of that uh, teleporter and like looked out, I was like, oh, that's right where I... Oh, you got to be kidding me! <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It it's just it's it's really fascinating. And of course, you know, when I play games, I tend to like at least halfway like kind of role play in my mind, especially if I'm enjoying a game. Uh, yeah. So that might have something to do with the way that I was relating to the to the game. But um, I just think that's really cool that they managed to just make, you know, it's so beautiful and it's so fun and it's just so interesting. But at the same time, it's just like sometimes you're just sitting there going, what's the point? Yeah, I'm yep. the only survivor. Nobody survived this. Everybody's dead. Everyone who came before me is dead. Even the people that were here way before that, they're all dead. You know, the planet is dying. There's radiation in the water. And it's just like this sort of like ecological grief at the same time of this like, you know, existential nihilism. Yeah. You know, it's actually interesting because if you if you don't know anything about the game going into playing it, mm-hmm. you actually don't have any way of knowing that you are going to survive. And mm-hmm. when I did it, because if you remember, when I played this game originally, the game was still in beta and there yeah. was no end game at all. Yeah. It was just kind of like the there were like the alien structures, but they were just kind of 
at that time it kind of felt like flavor. It was just like, oh, these are interesting things to look at. Mm-hmm. And so when I played it this time, originally I actually didn't know because I kind of intentionally kept myself in the dark about it because I wanted to know, mm-hmm. I wanted to play experience the game properly. And I had no idea that there was actually a way off the planet. So when I had that existential crisis that you're talking about, for me it was kind of like, huh, is this even a good game? Like, I'm kind of feeling <laughs> Why a would I hopeless. want to play a game that makes me feel so bad all the time? Right. Yeah, I'm like, I'm just going to fucking die? What's the point? And I actually had to go on Google and like be like, I'm just going to get enough information. I'm not going to kill it for myself, but I just need to know, like... Is there an end? Is there something that I'm actually working towards? Or does this? And I think, yeah. And I like was like googling, and I saw something about like someone was talking about uh, how they were creating a rocket to get off the planet. And I went, okay, that's enough. That tells me there's more. Okay, I'm gonna keep playing. <laughs> that's hilarious. Okay, uh, are you guys familiar with the uh, the book or movie ad- adaptation of Into the Wild? No. Yes. Read it. So. Into the Wild is this story about this drifter who ends up, like, having adventures in, like, Nevada. And towards the end of the book, he ends up in Alaska. And he... It's a true story, I think, isn't it? Yeah. It it is a true story. But uh, funny side notes about that I'll talk to you about later. In the story, he ends up in Alaska and he's starving to death in the middle of winter. And he... Grab some berries and he ends up dying because he grabbed the wrong berries and killing himself with them. Yeah. If you take that same sort of hopelessness and you're gonna die sort of attitude and turned it into a game, would that have been a satisfi- satisfying ending to Subnautica? <laughs> like, it's a no. good question, actually. <laughs> uh, I like this question. No, I would say that the answer is no, but it would be very interesting I would probably hate play the game over and over and then write <laughs> essays and dissect it and have long rants. That's hilarious because yeah. I've played games that are exactly like that. Like um, Seven Days to Die. That's mm-hmm. at the core of the game is not conquering this unknown dangerous area. It's living long enough to have your story. And the same mm-hmm. sort of thing yeah. in uh, Project Zomboid. Yes, there Mm -hmm. is a theme of biological zombies going and killing you and eating your brains. But those games are (laughs) focused on your story before you die. And they're compelling in in and of themselves. But I don't think if you took that same sort of nothing really matters to put it into Subnautica, it would be a satisfying game. It could be... I don't think it would be satisfying, but I think it could be impactful, which is different. Because I could imagine mm-hmm. a Subnautica where you think, oh man, this would be, actually, part of me almost wishes they did this, just because it would be very memorable. Where you have pretty much the same game, and you work towards all this stuff, and maybe you even solve the, the virus problem. And you build your ship, and you get ready to fly off, you know, back to your civilization, and then something horrible happens, and you end up dying before you can leave the planet. Oh, that would piss me off so much. Oh, yeah, same. <laughs> oh, yeah. You would not forget the game, though, would you? No, but I don't no. think it yeah, needs it, though. 
No. No, but I think it would be an interesting way if they set it up correctly. I do think it could be an interesting thing where it's like, hey, you almost made it, but you still died. That, yeah. I don't know. Well, I think that could be interesting. I think it would be interesting, but the thing, I think, <clears throat> with the way Subnautica is built as it is, is despite even, like, you know, the, the cosmic horror, kind of like, you know, the just the, you know, the dread and the ugh, everything feels bad uh, with elements in the story, you know, and like surviving on this planet and stuff, depending on how immersed you are in the story, it's a very hopeful game. Yes. It's yeah. like, despite the fact that everybody dies and this bacterium wiped out pretty much almost everything it touched, it's still very hopeful, you know, like, especially once you get to the, the, the Sea Emperor Leviathan and, you know, when she's talking to you and you help her get her, her eggs to hatch and off they go. And like and her parting words to you, once you've like um, launched your rocket, um, and you're mm -hmm. going, you're leaving the planet. It's just, it's all very hopeful. Like, it's not, like, it's, like, it has the sadness to it, like, that all of this stuff happened and it was quite terrible, you know, going back as far as, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago. But it's still, it's, it, it just ends on a optimistic nope. note, you know? It does. And I think that because the game has that running through it, that it is this sort of hopeful story, despite you're going to die. Everybody died. You're sick and you're going to die. I, I think that that it's just you you'd have to have a completely different uh, tone to the game to to be able to pull off a and you died ending the end. Um, I don't know. I I. Maybe this is just me. This could totally just be me. But like, I actually expected it when I, because I, I obviously never finished the game. When yeah. I went and watched the video where you know of the cutscenes going all the way to the end and all of that, I was surprised when you actually get off the planet. I was like, really? I, <laughs> I was totally expecting to die on the planet. I, I don't know why. Well, okay, so they do technically have Iron Man mode for this, if you wanted that experience. Mm-hmm. So there is Iron Man. Iron Man is the uh, mode where you have one life to live, and that's it. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, like hardcore yeah. mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Permadeath. Mode. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you really wanted that experience, they did include it. Yeah. Like yeah. Well, yeah. I just mean like as far as the storyline goes, I was expecting. Yeah, he was expecting a succeed. sad narrative ending. I really was. I don't know why. I thought that it was going to be a beautiful, sad tale. It was going to be one of those where... <laughs> where you're just, like, you know, smile yeah. crying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was expecting something, like, you were either you're going to have to sacrifice yourself for something, or you're going to solve this virus and then die, or... I don't know so why I was... You're going to get so close to leaving, and then trip the finish And then line. not be able to make it. Yeah, like or like you're going to get to the point where the rocket is basically built, but you need this one last ingredient, and oops, by the way, it's not here. Oh. <laughs> oh. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know why I expected that. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one, but that is something I that I I felt throughout you, the entire game. And Do you consider yourself maybe, a pessimistic person or a more optimistic person? I generally? don't know, actually. I guess I kind of, it depends. I'm like a yeah. you are f overall picture pessimist, but small picture optimist, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> you tend to be more optimistic, Tom, let's be honest. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe that's changing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going off. I mean, I wouldn't blame you. <laughs> yeah, right. But that, uh, I, I don't know. I 
I still think this game is very compelling, even without the. Oh yeah. With the oh yeah. Oh yeah. Certainly. Sad death sort of narrative. I I think it's. I never suggest. I would never suggest that it's missing that. That's yeah. not. Yeah, it's I, it's yeah. perfect. It's perfect how it is. I I think. Yes. In my opinion. Um, We're all horribly biased about this game in very different games. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll, I'll 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 admit my bias. I I'm biased because like we in favor we of all this enjoyed game. it in a very very different fashion, right? Like yeah, I never really made this connection with the main character. Like the mm-hmm. most I got was oh mohawk, thumbs up, cool, <laughs> right? That's about it. <laughs> and you guys are like, well. My character had this existential crisis and just drove to the edge of the world and died. <laughs> that's a very different I, experience, let's be honest here. Yes. It is. And that's kind of what's fun about talking about this, like this level of stuff with you guys, because like we do all kind of experience the games very differently. And, yeah. and that's kind of neat to see um, and like different interpretations, but and, like all kind of, you know, based around our, you know, our experience with it and, what we take away from it, which is really neat. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we all think very differently, which is a, a, a boon in this case. Yes. yes. Agreed. Yes. Okay. It's, it's hey. great. Um, Any other thoughts? I mean, we uh, could do another whole podcast about this. Oh, I know. I... We could. Oh, one question that's not philosophical. Did you guys ever find the sea treader poop? Yes. What? <laughs> you did find the sea treader poop. Uh, I apparently missed the sea treader poop. Like my first playthrough, uh, I found it this time, and I was like, "Wait, alien poop? Yeah. Why can what? I pick up alien poop?" Yeah, I, I never found that. What is that? Yeah. So the sea treader leviathans, you know, they have like the little three leggies and they kind of like walk along uh like the yeah. deep sea. uh they poo and you can pick up their poo and their poo is really good to put in bioreactors yeah <laughs> i had zero That's use fantastic for it. uh mostly because i didn't build a bioreactor ever so oh i did yeah, I, I, didn't. I was using a bioreactor i was just like wait a minute how did i not find this the last time i played i spent a lot of <laughs> time so with the sea treaders just because i was like ooh. Ooh, these guys make resources. I can get all the lithium I need. Excellent. Yeah. That's pretty great. <laughs> that was a very clever way to replenish the world when it inevitably gets yeah. unstocked, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. God, is it is it ever even possible to run out of resources in that game? That was one thing I found was very fascinating is it's like you think you're about to run out, and then you just find this massive, unending cache of resources, and you're like, oh, yeah. never mind. <laughs> it is possible. Like, I had to yeah. start searching very far and very wide for any titanium resources towards the oh, end God, of the yeah, game. Oh, God, yeah, me too. And it was yeah, like, okay. Quartz. See, and I, I guess I didn't play long enough. Yeah, quartz and titanium. I was like, oh, my gosh. Just <laughs> Where is it? Okay, I... I do feel the quartz. That was like, oh my god, I need this so often. Why is this an uncommon resource? Quartz is everywhere. It's like the most common thing in the entire fucking earth. Why is it so rare on this planet? <laughs> Why can I find lithium like everywhere, but I, I can't have, find quartz? I have diamonds for days, but I don't have quartz. Yeah. That seems backwards. Right? Rubies, I have so, I have so much gold. I have so much gold, I am literally throwing it into the trash mm. can. Why? 
Why is quartz more valuable? <laughs> yeah. Because you're building too many windows on your base. I like to look but out. There's I, a lot of pretty too. things to see. Me too. Wait, you guys put windows? Yeah. <laughs> I, mine was like... So yeah. you can look out and see the fishies. That, that's a whole different also perspective. Something, like, I didn't have a single also window. <laughs> if something was attacking the base, it was really good because you could like see it and have more terror. The, yeah. yeah, I can't quite get the logic of that one, but okay. Um, it's what you can see is simultaneously more and less scary. It's no longer unknown. That's less scary, <laughs> but you can see it. Yeah, <laughs> and it's big and it's scary and it's Leviathan and it wants to kill you. Yeah, I, I guess I <laughs> didn't really explore the base building as much as i could have because yeah zero windows one floor moon pool that's about it <laughs> like yeah two floors oh. lots of windows observatory hanging out over a thermal vent mm-hmm. uh yeah okay mm-hmm. i had a different play experience than you did yeah yeah <laughs> i was definitely going off of the survivalist build apparently because yeah um, again no i didn't do windows I actually had a sufficient again, amount of points. Again, I think, <laughs> I think I think part of it too for me was again, I was under, playing the game under the impression that this was my home and that I would never get off of the planet, so I might as well make it pretty. Okay. It should be a comfortable place. That's fair. I guess I never <laughs> got out of survival mode if I was like to put the survival mode, colonization mode, uh conquering mode sort of thing, right? Right. I yeah. never made it past survival. Like once I got the <laughs> the Cyclops, I was like, okay, this is going to be my mobile base as far as I can take it, and that's good enough. Yeah, we'll go with that's good enough. <laughs> Which I will say, as as soon as I got the Cyclops, I more or less abandoned my base and started putting a ton of resources into that. I had a did did either of you trick out your Cyclops? Because I had like. A bed. I had an aquarium in it. <laughs> what? <laughs> I did in my first playthrough. I did in my first playthrough. Why I would totally you? I was like, it, out. it was like my RV around the planet. I was gonna say this is my motorhome. That was what I was thinking the whole time. I'm like, this is my motorhome. <laughs> I. Yep. I can go camping in this. It's great. I literally just treated it as a mobile oxygen depot, and that's it. <laughs> wow. It had. But see, the bed. Did you have a bed at all? Jamie? No, not a single one. You missed out because the bed is insanely useful. Mm-hmm. Um, because if it, the night is terrifying, and if you don't like the night, you can just go lay in bed, and the night goes away, just like in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm glad that you explained that to me, Tom. I didn't get the concept of sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> but like I. After I discovered that you could sleep through the night, I was like, oh, thank God. I hate the night. It is so much worse because you can't see anything. <laughs> so, but everything glows so pretty. Yeah, like... Okay, it's very, very pretty when you're in a safe place. If you're not in a safe place, no. So, when... Pretty death is still death. When night came around, initially, I was like, I can't see anything. And then I found a flashlight, and I was good for most of the rest of the playthrough. But, like... I will say, yeah, as soon as I had a way of recharging power cells, night was not so bad. But when I was burning through batteries all the damn time, I was like, yeah, no. This is this is costing a fortune. Mm-hmm. 
And it took so much time and effort to get all the resources to build batteries because you're just burning through them so fast. But right. it took me forever to find the battery charger parts. I don't know why, but it, that, that was something that happened very late in the game for me. That's funny. Like, I yeah. found it, uh, battery chargers about mid-game, and then I started picking up all the batteries that I just dumped on the ground. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, well, and I didn't... I, I did the... I explored the Aurora super late in the game, and... As soon as I started exploring it, there's just batteries everywhere. And I was like, oh my god. I've made so many batteries. And all this time, I could have just hung out over here for a little bit. And I could have had all the batteries I ever wanted. That's so funny. That is so funny. Yeah. I, I think by the time I finished playing the game, I had a stockpile of batteries in the base, the Cyclops, and my auxiliary base next to the gun. The big, huge, like, space gun. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I yeah. I honestly only made like six batteries the entire game. Wow. And I maybe used all of them once. <laughs> I think I think I had six batteries at each base and recharged all of them regularly. That's so funny. So, like how how did you play the game? <laughs> uh, okay, so you're talking about RV camping? Apparently, I was doing ultralight backpacking across America. <laughs> Apparently. Like, we did, had did both camping the... experiences, but very different camping experiences. <laughs> yeah. Did you use the little, like, powered scooter thing? Uh, all the damn time. And I had one battery that I swapped out batteries. I think, regularly, and that was about it. That was my primary battery consumer. Like, I can't even tell you how much battery I... Or how many batteries I put into that stupid thing. <laughs> that's that's fair. Yeah, that thing was very power hungry. Oh my god. But yeah. yeah, I didn't end up making that many batteries and or needing them after the Seamoth got down to 900 meters. I was like, oh, okay. This is my primary source. Huh. I can swim with these super fast uh, flippy floppies. Be good. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not optimal, but I can work with it. Yeah. It never ceases to fascinate me how different our playstyles are. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you guys have any other yeah. thoughts about Subnautica we wanted to touch on? Uh, That's a good game. Go play it. Yeah, good game. Go play. Strong recommend. (laughs) Whether you're ultralight backpacking or lounging around in your RV yacht. (laughs) Yeah, yacht is actually much cool. I had a freaking aquarium. Yeah, it's more like a yacht. Yeah, it's more like a yacht. (laughs) Yeah, but why did you put an aquarium in your submarine? That seems... Anyway. There's a real practical reason. You can put peepers in it. And then if you go to an area where there's not very much food, you can eat those people. I know, I'm eating my pets. It sounds really terrible, but <laughs> but it's useful. Oh but God. peepers. Oh, my God. Delicious peepers and nutritious. Delicious. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Especially the eyes. The eyes are good eating. Yep. Very uh, nutritious eyes. That's hilarious. <laughs> okay. How about you, Devin? Any other thoughts? Uh, no, I think I think we covered everything that I wanted to talk about. Okay. I mean, we could keep going for hours and hours, but uh. Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Think, okay. If if you haven't, uh, if you've listened to us this long, uh, rant about Subnautica, and you don't get our strong recommendations, we have very strong recommendations to go play this game. We do. Agreed. Oh, okay. Well, why well, don't we uh, call it here and uh, 
then we'll move on to another topic next time. Okay. Indeed. The game that I've already played and beaten and I'm ready to talk about. Oh, huzzah! Yes. Okay, well, uh, we have been the Adventure Mechanics. I'm Chandler. I'm Devin. And I'm Tom. And we will talk to you next time. Bye. Peace.